Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Country Roads Confidential here at earsports.com. It is Wednesday, July 22nd, West Virginia. Mutually agreeing to part ways with defensive coordinator Vic Koenig today. 29 days after safety, Kerry Martin accused Koenig of a series of insensitive and untoward actions. And here we are at the finish line, to be frank, one that seemed more and more clear and inevitable the longer this progressed and had become more and more clear in the past 48, 72 hours. And we have to discuss this because it is probably the biggest thing in West Virginia news in quite some time i don't know how we gauge this in the frame of things it does remind me of when bill stewart had his mutual separation agreement um but certainly in a long awkward off season like this it's the biggest thing to happen and in many ways the worst thing to happen because of the quality of on the field coach you would lose the continuity that would be at some sort of a lapse during the season coming up and because this just Stinks to talk about. It's not something you really want to be covering or dealing with, especially if it's a team you follow or root for. But we roll up our sleeves and help me with it. Chris Anderson. Chris, immediate reaction to this is probably, in a lot of ways, not a surprise. But now that it's real and we have expected conclusions of not only perhaps the coach leaving, but it being mutual, um, it's in your hands. It's in your lap now. What do you think? I got lots of thoughts. The first is, like you said, this has kind of been the conclusion that we all felt was coming for a couple of weeks now. I think when this first came out on this very podcast, I said, everybody just relax. There's no need to make assumptions now because all of these allegations involve third parties. Some of it was even recorded on zoom calls. So it should be very easy to get witnesses and evidence one way or the other. And that is all you can ask for. So we should have a nice, clean decision and move forward. And then it kind of went on and went on and went on. And once I think we hit that kind of 10 days to two week mark, it was like, yep, this is the inevitable conclusion that I I don't know if they're going to put an answer out on what their investigation found, but they're going to mutually part ways. They're going to pay Vic Koning some sum of money and send him on his way and say nice things, and that'll be that. And that's exactly what they did this morning. Um, and I, for those who follow me on Twitter, you might have already seen my rant because I was a little perturbed about the situation. I, I don't know. The, the whole thing, I, it seems like a cop-out to me um, because I felt like there should have been a clear pathway to answers and to kind of just, Again, I don't know what the answer is. I was hoping the investigation would find the answer. And there there was no... The statement didn't assign blame. It didn't say if he did anything wrong. It didn't say nothing was wrong. It just kind of said... It, even the statements, like the one from Neil Brown, kind of indicated, man, this is just the easiest thing to do, is to just 
pay him half his money and let's just move on. And that feels going the easiest route is not always the right route, but I, I'll be blunt. I don't know what the right route is because I don't know the evidence. Um, but I, and I kind of thought we would by this point in time. I'm going to make a vow right now. Okay. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> I like it. I'm going to call in some favors because I did not get this first. Um, I was on it, man. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I did not sleep last night. I was on the phone. Um, a bunch yesterday and you and I were going back and forth on stuff. And I had a ton of private messages and direct messages and text messages and emails. And these things heat up at night. And last night it got, that's like my golden rule on these things. These things heat up at night because people are home from work. They don't have their bosses over their shoulder. They're not worried about company email or company phone records and they can talk um, a little bit different. I've discovered in the quarantine era because everybody's at home. So uh, you think it'd be a little bit easier, but it wasn't. But the people who I can typically get information from really opened up in the past, probably since about Friday. We can get into one of the explanations for that, but um, just couldn't push it across the goal line for me. Just like I had enough to ask people really pointed questions, but nobody would say yes. And then this morning, first thing this morning, uh, I'm looking at a text from 801, 758 from different people saying it's probably going to happen today, probably going to happen as soon as the start of business hits. So here we are. It doesn't make me feel better, but like, man, I'm going to hang out over people's heads. Like you owe me one here. Tell me what happened. And I'm going to collect those, uh, those bills. But, um, I'm, I, there's, there's ways to do this and there's, it's, it's going to happen. Like it's going to come out because it has to come out because of what you're saying. And I think that the university has to be prepared for some sort of mobilization of feedback. And I'm already seeing this with stuff about people saying I'm done. Um, I don't like that a, you know, a player can just get rid of a coach he doesn't like. Uh, I don't like this cancel culture. I don't like this PC era. And I don't, I don't know what those people think, and we can talk about that too. But like, I think that they're going to have to do some sort of public-facing action. And I suspect they will. I have no doubt that that's going to happen too. But I'm going to get to the bottom of this, and I think we're going to find some things here too. Because, listen, if you're one of those folks who say he's coached this long and there's never been an incident like this, one, you don't know that. You don't know that just because you can't find it in Google just because you can search a newspaper archive doesn't mean that I'm not saying that I know that certainly I tried and I couldn't find anything and I did some homework and I never found anything untoward in his past. Um, but if that guy is so good and so pristine, you don't let him go just because some guy said something um, in the hierarchy of college football. There's probably a better discussion now than ever before about who is more important. And before you would say, Players are replaceable, but coaches make hundreds of thousands of dollars and they're harder to replace. That may not be as inequitable now as it was before, but you really have to move earth sometimes to fire a coach in a situation like this. It's not just because someone said a mean thing about you. So um, if this guy's reputation is so good and they just got rid of him because it was the easy thing to do, um, I don't think college football teams are into doing the easy thing sometimes. And if you got to pay a guy a million dollars to not coach for the next year in this situation, it's a really tough call to make at this moment, unless it was the right thing to do too. But we'll perhaps have answers to that too. So um, let's get into immediate futures here on the field product. It's not as good today as it was yesterday. It's just not, or maybe it's not as good today as it was 30 days ago. It's just not, you lose that leadership, you lose that continuity, but tangibly, how much of a difference is this? Uh, I mean, it's pretty clear that this, to me at least, that this is a huge hit on the field because the best part of that team last year was the defense, and we could not praise Koning for his for his uh, performance on the field or his coaching on the field than we did last year because 
he was getting hit with injury after injury, uh, moving players around, switching defenses, going from you know a traditional three four to a four three to a what was he running at the end there a three a four one six all sorts of weird stuff, putting guys in different places, playing freshmen, and the defense was still one of the best in the entire conference. It kept West Virginia in games, so you're definitely taking a hit there. You've been taking a hit on the recruiting front. Um, uh, also came out uh, overnight was Joseph Bolatapelli, the NC State transfer, who announced a month <laughs> ago that he was coming to West Virginia. Uh, was super excited to enroll at West Virginia. And then, uh, if I got my math right, about six days after he announced that was when Kerry Martin made his original allegations on Twitter. And obviously then nothing happened for a whole month and you can't blame the kid. I mean, it was a little strange that he just kind of deleted all signs of the fact that he announced his commitment to WVU, all his tweets, all his retweets, all his graphics, all his Instagram posts, everything gone. And then just shows up on the Maryland football roster after enrolling at the school with no fanfare, no announcement from the school, no nothing. Uh, So that was a little strange, but can you blame the kid? You know, you don't even know who your coach is going to be. You don't know anything about these accusations, anything about these allegations. Um, and then you don't know if you're if the coach is even going to be there. So you can't really blame the kid. And the same goes for the, the Liberty transfer that West Virginia was extremely interested in, could have come in and maybe started right away. Um, Trey Clark, that is. And, and he's going to Louisville instead. So it, it's been a hit, little bit of a hit on the recruiting trail. It's going to be a hit on the football field. Um, and, and, but, you know, th- these are the decisions that the guys higher up that get paid a lot more than you and I have to make. What's really going to hurt is the, the schematics. And Nixon knows, I think he had, as I've learned in the past year, but I've been told in the past couple of days, especially too, um, he had a really good ability to look at what he's facing, who and what he's facing on the other side and who and what he has at his disposal, which changed a lot last season. That's why we saw such, um, morphing almost on a week-to-week, sometimes quarter-to-quarter basis of formations and foundations on defense. How do we start? How do we shift? Um, and he had a really good, and obviously informed over time, capacity for how to do that. Who No matter who puts you put in that chair right now, it's not going to be as informed. That stinks because you need to do that in the Big 12 because attacks can change so quickly on offense. Um, personnel, formations, shifts. And if you are stuck in a statuesque defense and you can't adapt and you can't mold. Um, if you can't switch players or formations on the fly, um, if then scenarios, you're at a disadvantage. And he was just really good at that. And we saw that and we talked about that and wrote about that a bunch last year. Whomever goes in that spot, that's a challenge because that's just a constant challenge in the Big 12. These offenses are gifted um, with talent on the field and with the people who are pulling the strings on the sidelines. So you go to a disadvantage there and when you look at the strength of the team in 2020, we think for West Virginia, by far the defense. And I think we were thinking in the versatility, whether it was an even front, whether it was moving linebackers to different spots, whether it was safeties and corners combined to create some amorphous defensive backfield. I'm not saying that can't happen. I'm just saying you're going to have different brain power engineering moves like that too. Um, so that hurts. The other thing that we need to discuss, I can tell you that um, I've heard from and have reached out to people who are extremely concerned about a precedent to sets. And these are people who give money to the athletic department in ranging sums. 
and they're concerned. I don't think that they were rooting for this outcome. I don't think that they were rooting for protecting Vic, but I think that they're as interested in anybody else. And indeed, because they give so much money, they may know more things than you and I know right now, Chris, but their money may go away because this is not an outcome that they are comfortable seeing for whatever reason. I'm not sure. I'll try to get to that as well. But you also see common fans. I don't mean that to denigrate their contributions, but people who come to games, who donate a little bit, who do season tickets with a donation attached, who aren't, you know, six-figure donors with seven-figure incomes. And they're concerned now, too. And those may outnumber the more affluent donors, too. And they say, and that's enough. I'm tired of this. I'm not comfortable with, again, the cancer culture, the PC nature. And they're going to go away, which an athletic department, and especially a football program that's the backbone of an athletic department, can't control right now. I have strong feelings on this, which I'll get to, and I'm running out of breath as I explain this. Um, <laughs> what effect do you see in the stands in the red and black numbers solely as a result of this, but also understanding it's happening in a unique time? Well, I think that's that's probably my biggest disappointment in in what has in this current conclusion. Again, not that Vic's gone. I don't I don't know what the answer is. My problem is the lack of transparency, the lack of actual answers. And the reason for that is because this this fan base, even when these accusations first came out, is so fractured over this. They are completely fractured. This is just complete opposite sides of the room on things, on how this should have been handled, on what should have been done right from the very beginning. When those allegations first came down, uh, the, the message board, social media, everything split right down the middle of what is this kid doing going out here like this? This is ridiculous. Him making all these accusations to Vic Koning should be fired yesterday. Get it done now. And very, very little in between. So I like, and that was the whole reason for my comments that same day of everybody just relax and wait. Cause there will be answers. They have witnesses, they have recordings, they will get answers to this. And, then you go with what the investigation concludes because based off the evidence and then to, you know, like I said, not provide any evidence, no transparency, nothing. And even the, you know, obviously it's like, Hey, Conan got fired. That should tell you something, which does tell us some things, but then also the fact that they didn't say that they found anything. And some of the statements from, from Neil Brown and, and, the, and the press release kind of indicate that we would keep him, but it, it's, easier to let him go it's easier to pay him six hundred thousand dollars than to try to keep him right now and that's a problem because that's going to create even more of a rift among fans and we're seeing it already i mean we're recording this again within an hour of the news coming down our message board is already split fighting's already started our moderators are already declaring that they're going on vacation for the rest of the year stunning stunning (laughs) so um i'm not sure where to take this again i think I think transparency in this situation would have been more helpful than, than where we're at currently. But like you said, hopefully there's some real answers coming down the road. I'm looking at some, something that'll back up my vow to get to the bottom of this. I can't say what it is because it may fall apart, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to get to the bottom of this because you have to. Um, I think the, the statements are somewhat toothless because this is akin to uh, no low contendere in court, no contest. I'm not guilty. Um, but maybe things weren't perfect. So I'm not going to say I'm guilty, but I'm not going to be proven innocent. So let's just get out of here. Um, and then to do that, you can't say that you found him to be in the wrong because then why are you paying him 
I believe I said in excess of a million dollars before. I meant to say in excess of half a million dollars before. He's getting about 55% of the salary, which is pretty good. Um, but if, he say, if they say we found something wrong, you can't pay him. And if he says, I did something wrong, he's not going to make money. So you find the middle ground here, which is, you know, 55% is right about the middle. I'm not sure how they came up with that number, but they did. So that's good. Um, for a guy who is, let's be honest, probably done in the profession, that's probably the best, you know, cold watch he can get right now. And I'm not sure that that means a thing to him. I think he'd much rather be on the sideline than having to deal with this right now. But this is why you have lawyers and you have negotiations. My understanding is that the investigation, which was done by a law firm in town, um, was not quick, but I think more along the timeline that Neil Brown gave us. Remember, he said on a Wednesday that he was confident it'd be done pretty quickly. I understand that it was. Um, you get the findings. You present them to the people in power at the university, the president, your legal counsel, your athletic director, your football administrator, your head coach, and you talk about what, what to do. Um, there may have been some split there. People who maybe wanted a 30-day leave of absence and some sensitivity trading. And there have been people who said, no, this is more strenuous than we thought if we're going to keep him. So we need to travel the path of least resistance and move on from him. And you ended up here. So um, how you explain it right now, again, you can't really say anything. Because if you say something that is an active statement and that does anything to implicitly say something bad happened, it's that makes this outcome look better. So again, it has to be kind of a hollow statement and the words on paper sometimes are just words on paper. They say contracts are only worth the paper they're printed on. Sometimes the same thing is true for these, these PR statements as well. And they came out separately. I found that or separate from the original announcement. I thought that was interesting. I don't know if that means anything to you, Chris, but obviously giving Vic a voice right now is unusual, but they thought that was right. Um, so that was interesting. I think what's most surprising to me here is that it didn't come independently like remember his initial statement um caught west virginia off guard a little bit remember it was posted on his own twitter account they didn't it didn't come on a wvusports.com press release it wasn't emailed to reporters it was kind of done I'm not sure it was an end around or whatever but as a guy who was saying this may be my last stand i need to put up a defense and he did um and here we are today so again it's just it's a long way to get to this but it arrives and oddly enough 30 days is tomorrow. The 31st day is Friday. Friday is when you start your, you know, probably the most football they've had since they left. At the very beginning of spring football, you have summer access where you can do walkthroughs with a football. You can do position, team, individual meetings. That's in addition to the eight hours of strength and conditioning and film. So it's actually like football, which means they got to have a staff structure here. I think we probably agree on who. You put in charge of the defense right now, but maybe there's a different structure. Um, I have my thoughts. Want me to go first? Do you want to go first? Well, I don't know. If, if we're supposed to agree, maybe I should let you go first so I can uh, just nod my head in agreement. Who's who's supposed to be the defense coordinator? Continuity really matters right now. He's been with Vic for a long time, so I think Neil Brown needs somebody he can trust to do this as, as much like Vic as he can. That would be Jordan Leslie. Okay, um, we are, we are runs, in agreement then. Sorry. Also runs the defense. If they are going to mess around with an even front, odd front, that's a good guy to have in charge of that because he's going to understand the personnel and the machinations of the defense. So that would be my one thing. I think he's interim defensive coordinator, and you circle back at the end of the season. I don't think you give him the title because if you give him the title, you got to give him a raise, and I'm not sure they're in position to do that right now. So come back at the end of the year. So Jordan Leslie, you're on the clock. This is an audition for an FBS defensive coordinator job for you um if you get it you did a good job this year if you didn't do a great job then hey go out 
and fish for a defensive coordinator. That's not hard to do. Um, now, you still have the matter of an active assistant coach that you need. We may agree or may not disagree here, too, but I'm not going to go first. I just went out on the limb. It's time for you to join me. What do you do with that extra spot on the active on-field staff right now? This is perfect. I'll let you answer the first one, and then for the second one, I'll go first and steal your answer. This is this is fantastic. <laughs> uh, I, I like the idea and of Castile coming in as safeties coach from analyst. Was that That's the right answer. That is the right answer. I was going to say, you floated it to me, so I hope it's the right answer. I love it. I don't think I, you can I, go out and hire somebody right now. I just don't. Again, the economics and the timing just don't make sense. Um, and who's going to come here for basically, what are we talking here, a nine-month appointment? What is right. it? No, four-month appointment? <laughs> yeah, it could be. I mean, four, five-month appointment. I mean, that's that's not an appealing thing for anybody. That's why I think Leslie would be an interim guy, and then you, you, you get his contract fixed when it's due at the end of the year. So. Just you don't want to be doing extra stuff right now and committing extra dollars to it. You have Castile on probably a friendly deal, but you can give it a little bit more juice. He's coached safeties. That guy knows defense. And again, that's another sage voice in the room, too, who's going to see things from the back to the front, and that's going to help the defensive coordinator who's going to be working from the front to the back. It works. Um, And this is where things get fun, because kind of under the radar last week, they hired Jared Harper, a former safety, as a graduate assistant. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's just giving a kid a job. And, and again, a, a great student, student athlete, ambassador. Everybody liked him when he was here playing safety. Um, and I think he was doing workouts on the side with some players. So he probably had some, some support and some popularity. And people knew who he was. And, hey, this is maybe a guy who needs a push in the right direction, a, a jump start to get his career going. And, hey, we'll bring him on as an assistant coach or graduate assistant. But they already had all the on-field assistants they could have for the graduate assistant spot. And again, adding the guy right now, when you're on a hiring freeze and the economics are what they are, it, it just looks weird. It's not a major commitment, but this is what got things spinning, I think, that made people talk or want to talk. Because everybody was like, hey, Mike, put the pieces together. You're not hiring Jared Harper to be the safeties coach, but you're hiring him to be a GA. And you can move a GA to perhaps the active staff, or you move a GA to the analyst office and you take an analyst like Castile to the active staff on defense. So kind of one hand watching the other here too to maybe create a succession plan too. I don't know if that's the case. Brown apparently is going to address that in the next couple of days. But I think you can see a scenario where Leslie's running the defense, Castile is bumped up, and then someone like I'm trying to think who, who's in that room. Maybe Julian Miller, maybe Casey Vance. Actually, Casey Vance is an analyst, isn't he? So maybe Julian Miller, uh, maybe Dylan August. They move up to analyst. And then you spill that, you fill that spot on the defensive staff, the GA office with Jared Harper. Maybe it's too logical, but it does seem logical. Very rarely do does the obvious happen, but I feel like there aren't many other options right now. I think that is the way you have to go. I think, um, like you said, Harper GA move GA to analyst, move Castile to safeties. Boom, you're covered. Every everything kind of fits and slides perfectly. There has to be a GA that's probably coming up on their time, uh, you know, done, and, and they can move over to analysts. And they know the system, they know the defense. They'll be able to help. Um, and and then again, Castile, obviously, a lot of a lot of experience with safeties and and experience with some of these guys on the staff. So I think it'll work out well. What? What's the next move for football? Is it to go out and just practice Friday? 
you do a slick social media video about, you know, closing the chapter and starting a new one. Chris, you're in charge of PR. You're the, you're the guy who never returns our phone calls because he's always scheming and coming up with ideas about how to make this the best visual, the optics for football. What are you doing here? Um, I, I, well, to be honest, I guess I'll take a page out of school's uh, book here and, and try to skip past it and move forward. I would not put out a new chapter or anything like that. I'd just move forward, post a quick little video or some pictures from the next day of practice and show how happy and everybody's excited about football and just try to move forward, I guess. I mean, I mean if you're going to start down that path, you got to keep going that way. If you are the head of the MAC. Are you calling your donors and giving them some breadcrumbs to understand what happened and why this had to happen? And, hey, we need you now more than ever. I think you have to do some sort of preventative measures or even damage control to make sure that you haven't upset people. Um, I don't know. Perhaps Vic was very popular on the rubber chicken circuit. I'm not sure. But perhaps people are just discouraged by this because it's I don't know. I think you can find a situation where people are made uncomfortable by a situation like this. But if they know more then maybe they don't feel as uncomfortable. So I think you probably have to do something where you reach out to your big donors, your season ticket holders, and and you let them know. I don't know if it's an email to like a list serve for your season ticket holders. I don't know if you get in the Zoom with your donors, but I do think you have to talk to the people who you always say are the lifeblood of your program too. Um, and again, maybe that extends to all fans. I don't know. Maybe there's a letter to fans from Neil Brown. He went that route before, but I do think something specific has to happen with the sources of income here because, you know, it's, it's going to be difficult, I think, to get everybody back on board when you lapse perhaps a whole season. People are going to experience other things to do on their Saturday. They kind of like the extra income that they were season ticket holders. You know, not having that expense, hey, we bought a boat or we went on vacations or something like that. I mean, you got to find a way to bring it back. And I read about this before. It's a unique time for people who are in college football marketing because when the gates are back open, ideally, and everybody's welcome, 100% capacity in 2021, you got to have – something new and cool to sell them new features, new accessories to the end game experience. But this is kind of an even additional responsibility now, because you kind of have to change the temperature. You kind of have to change the mood and like, you know, forget what people on the outside think, you know, people in different States or different conferences. And you got to make sure that the message inside is, is what it is that you're most comfortable with as somebody who is constantly pushing, Hey, donate, Hey, support us. Hey, we need your financial support. So, you know, we can win the Big 12. We can cut down the nets in Kansas City. All that stuff. Um, and that may be hard if you have no momentum from a either cancel fall season or a fall season with no fans or small capacity fans. I don't know. But it seems inevitable to me that you got to make this right with people who you rely on. I do not envy their situation. Um, a, a more personal level here with obviously with our site. We have a bunch of people jumping on the 50% off deal to get in this morning, but almost as many to, to kind of get in on this conversation, but almost as many people, I, I've gotten a, a dozen site mails already this morning being and tweets being like, cancel my subscription. How do I cancel my subscription? I'm done with this university. I'm done with this school. Well, no that's kind of productive. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah it's like, <laughs> well, that's up. like we have... We have so many people joining to discuss it and then so many people being like, I'm done with the school. My point is there are people who have taken this stance of I'm done with this school over this decision, uh, which I think is a bit harsh, um, a lot harsh, but uh, they're going to have to reach out to people 
there are a lot of people that have been saying this for weeks now, and they're going to have to touch base with these people because I'm talking about people that are on our message board. And again, some of these people um, have never been to a game before. Some of them are major donors and big time, you know, people with uh, important seats and important, uh, important, important pocketbooks. So uh, we got a wide range of people on the site. And I imagine it's similar to the people that they need to talk to, that the university, that the MAC needs to talk to, to try to keep those dollars coming in right now. Of the fan who says, I'm done, I'm going to hurt him in the bank account, and it's a single individual, I got news for them. You're going to be replaced. Um, if, you're, if you're a nominal individual who buys season tickets and, or you know, a parking pass or splits a package with people, um, and you say, my objection to this outcome is so fierce that I am out. You are a, a spoke on the wheel. It's going to go around. And I, I think that the appetite for football of any variety in 2020 is going to be so strong and it's going to be even greater, ideally, in 2021, that they're just not going to realize your loss. I, I think that there's a, a good chance that's the case. And if the outpouring of influential the affluent or even the nominal people if that was so strong and if they had organized and let their voices be known this wouldn't have happened um so i think in some regard west virginia isn't worried about the financial ramifications because those people are replaceable which is a really risky proposition as attendance slides everywhere but i also think that they're not scared of the financial implications because they realize they had a obligation to do what was right and that is how you end up with a mutual separation. Yeah. I, I mean, we'll see where it goes from here. Uh, a lot of times you see this a lot of times with the, Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And and then it kind of goes away after a while. So I don't know if you really want to try to press your luck and try to weather the storm, especially with everything going on right now. But um, again, I, I, I do not envy these people that are working with the back that are trying to fundraise right now. Are you saying, Chris, that you would like the paycheck but not the work? Yes. <laughs> I, I'm going to steal your second favorite thing to say. I'll take that, too. Yeah. Uh, two things before we go. What, what the heck happened with Bowl Vitelli? Because I'm going to give you a from inside the push car center response. Are you ready? Okay. Are you go ready for, for this? Yeah, uh, go. Kids change their mind in recruiting all the time. That's it? How did they not get pen on paper on this guy? Like, did they just wait and then they couldn't get it done? Now, I don't, I don't, God, I followed the, the, the social media theatrics of the coaches way too much, but I did write about it and then I was kind of intrigued by it because I do have a plan for this stuff. I can't remember. Did he get the, the gift and the let's go treatment? He got the gift. He got the left, the, oh God, I can't believe I said gift. He said, he got the gif. You made me <laughs> say it wrong. Um, and the let's go treatment. Now he didn't get the, Hey, he signed treatment, but we've seen guys who have quote unquote committed, um, who didn't get the GIF, who didn't get the, uh, um, their own little graphic that says, committed. uh, yeah, he didn't get one, but bullet to did. And he got one. He got some less let's go tweets from all the staff. Uh, but you know, obviously no signature. We didn't get pinned to paper as you put it. So, until that happens, you can get out of it. And even after that, sometimes you can get out of it. But 
we thought that was going to be different, just the way they reacted. Um, I mean, we've been touching on all these things, all these transfers for a while now, how they are kind of pushing the boundaries on how many guys they can bring in and how some guys have to wait and not sign uh, so that they can count towards the next class. But this is where, you know, you're playing with fire. When you're asking guys to wait to sign or wait to enroll, that leaves them open to change their mind. And I, I don't want to say that's what happened here um, because, again, he made this commitment, and then just a few days later, the allegations from Kerry Martin uh, towards Vic Conan came out. So I can see why he would want to wait if that was out there. It's, it's a conversation for sure that you and I are having, and we can have that because it's reality. That, that could have been something, too. What strikes me is this, and I went back and I looked. Typically, when players transfer, you get a press release saying that the said player has signed a grant and aid with West Virginia. You can only sign one national letter of intent when you're a college football player. Um, so if you come in on a scholarship, you sign a grant and aid paperwork. So did not get one for Bull Vitelli. Did not get one for Bryce Brand. Did not get one for Tyler Sumter. Did not get one for Scotty no. Young. Yeah. Zero out of four. Now, we know Sumter's a walk-on. We think Brand is a walk-on of the Bola Patelli. That may change that now. Um, Young, I don't think, is a walk-on. And Bola Patelli's gone. But we never got one of those confirmations, which makes me think, like, did this, did this go Dan Dockage? And just <laughs> come on down and sign this thing when you want? Because that is a really insecure um, situation because the transfer portal is so volatile um and kids make that the most are kids are the most volatile part of that um that's that's possible i mean maybe they just let this linger i can't believe that they're that inept that they never bother like send this guy the paperwork to sign and maybe maybe he just did before the paperwork arrived or maybe they sent it to him and he just sat there tapping the contract with a pen and never signed it. i don't know but man sign the contract I and mean, if anybody's gonna understand that it's gotta be this school right i don't think i can deal with another dan dockage I'm not talking about him spurning WVU or however you want to put it. I'm just talking about just another Dan Dockage, please. I can't. I can't do it. Uh, finally, um, <laughs> we'll move on. Finally, face coverings coming to a football field near you. I read about this yesterday. Shane Lyons um, did some media rounds with some people that he decided to talk to and kind of answer some questions. But one of his visits was with the NCAA's social series blog, uh, excuse me, video blog, kind of a podcast, I guess. Um, Pretty interesting stuff with him, uh, with the CMO, Chief Medical Officer of the NCAA, and with a team physician at Colorado who happens to be on the coronavirus task force with the NCAA. But he was talking about the need for, obviously, masks for all people uh, on the sidelines. So players who aren't in the game, coaches, the chain gang, uh, GAs, trainers, everybody's got to have a mask. But he also says, this is very interesting to me, that face shields are probably coming to West Virginia. So the visor on down to your chin, wrapping all around. Um, there is a lot of debate as to how effective this is, but I think it's at least somewhat mitigating, and that's probably why you're going to have it. Um, he says that based on lacrosse performances, that these things are kind of good. They're totally different from people based on some things from last week. But uh, what do you think of the aesthetic, and what do you think of the function of face shields? Wait, are we, are we a lacrosse school now? Is that what's happening? Well, they don't have lacrosse, so he had to go outside. <laughs> no, that's now, what I'm saying. I, I think what happened is that like, they actually do – I mean, lacrosse has these shields on them, and I think this is the same technology, and they were happening, and you know, people were saying, no, it's not that bad. It doesn't fog up. Man, it's, lacrosse is not football. Um, you don't have those beads kicking up in your face. You're not crashing into people and, and knocking all sorts of nonsense out of each other. Um, 
you're not face to face on a line of scrimmage. You're not face to face, you know, jumping up for balls in the end zone or, you know, down the middle of the field. But I guess they did some sort of comparative test and the lacrosse people came back and then probably the manufacturers too and said, no, all good. There's a fog up. It cleans really easy. You know, things kind of slide off and don't stick. So yeah, we can play football with these. Well, we'll see. I, I, I've known a lot of football players in my time and they are very um, picky about what they wear and won't wear. So we'll see how it goes, especially if they, they make it mandatory. Did talk to some people, two people, um, this would have been on, well, after I wrote the story, it came back to me, um, but they, they had these on and I don't know how many players or coaches or whatever, but during the conditioning period, just to see what it was like, you couldn't wear helmets or anything like that, but just give it a shot and see what it is and not popular. Uh, people kind of felt like couldn't breathe, uh, couldn't breathe that well, fogged up a little bit, got dirty. And man, if you're a receiver or defensive back you want unobscured vision. So if these things aren't working, man, are you going to make them mandatory? Be great if you had a body that could mandate rules like this, but <laughs> maybe it's subjective. I don't know. Aye, aye, aye. All right. Well, emergency podcast finished. I'm going to go shake some trees and see if we can get out of this. Um, I think everything is going to be backed up on our site for quite some time, but we'll, uh, we'll go over some, Replacement plans on the defensive staff that maybe we just covered. Try to flush out as much as we can about what actually happened before, during, and after the investigation. There's going to be an aftermath of this, of course, that we'll be on top of. But uh, I was going to say normal, Chris, but normal's evasive right now. When things get back to what we want to call normal right. at the moment, what else do we have up our sleeve? Well, we got a couple more updates with new WVU offers. I uh, got a VIP chat going on on the board right as we were doing this, I was actually started it right before the news came out. Um, I'll just keep answering questions throughout the day. So if you hop on, feel free to hop up on the board and 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 ask some questions. If you're not a VIP member, we do have 50% off going on right now. Uh, you could try things out, stick around for a while, um, get a great deal. Uh, again, what are we we're putting out six, seven articles a day. So uh, you're definitely get your money's worth. And I'm going to get to the bottom of the investigation. It's my vow. <laughs> It will not be free. You better. Though. You better. I, I only have so many more Twitter rants to go on before before I start getting tased or something from there in uh, Morgantown. If I don't get to the bottom of it, I'm going to blame it on you and say that people told me that you were too crass and they didn't want to help. <laughs> all right. Let's wrap it up. That's all for this time. Until next time, a more normal podcast coming Friday afternoon. I am Mike Casaza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We will talk to you then. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.